0: i'm brianna i'm sarah and we are the, the squad, squad ghouls just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things my
1: headphones are pushing my glasses off
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it's you know i just want to say this is how bad my eyes are well let me repeat that sorry this is how bad my eyes are getting excuse me so not only did i have to take my contacts out to put my glasses on I also had to zoom in
1: <laughs> on the screen. Oh, no, you're in, like, mega old lady zoom mode.
0: <laughs> Sooner or later, I'm going to get the phone with the big numbers.
1: Oh, I'll buy it for you if you need it, honey. It's getting to that point in my life. You know, you no, no, no. You know when the really bad part is? <laughs> when you start screaming into the phone because you think the person on the other end of it can hear you better. <laughs> Because I find sometimes I talk too loud. But that's how my mother talks to me. She's like screaming into her phone. like <laughs> She's like, hello. Did you know? I'm like, mom, long distance doesn't mean you have to shout for me to hear it. You're so far away. <laughs> I must yell from 200 miles away. <laughs> I love you, mom.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, man. That's great. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this anyway, so she doesn't
0: care. Wow. Well i have a joke for you okay okay
1: where do werewolves hate to shop i don't know where do they hate flea markets (laughs) i can see why that would be a problem yep (laughs) i like flea markets i do too not with actual fleas right (laughs) exactly what a terrible name for such a great thing i
0: know (laughs) were you going to the flea market
1: to buy some
0: stuff So clothes, Mm -hmm. vintage clothes.
1: All the vintage fun stuff. Yep. (laughs) I have one for you too. I'm ready. Have you heard how popular the local cemetery is? No. People are just dying to get in. (laughs) So old, so tired. Yep. Here we are. Also, also, (laughs) maybe too soon. Oh, because pandemic. (laughs) Oh oh shit i didn't think of that that's great i'm so sorry <laughs> should i edit that out
0: <laughs> i don't know i literally just thought of that like right now oh. as i was reading it it's okay
1: Oi, if you can't
0: laugh right now oh so true then you really need to talk to somebody
1: yeah at this point you have to laugh to keep from crying
0: but i just saw that i was like
1: oh yeah yes well shall we get into booze news yes booze Booze news
0: booze news news. on a lighter note Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so uh so announced just about one year ago universal pictures has linked a five-year exclusive production partnership with jordan peel and his company monkey paw productions with the get out and us filmmaker directing writing and producing two movies as part of that deal wow and so this week uh, we've already been provided with a release date for peel's third movie the untitled movie will be released in theaters on july 22nd 2022 that's my mom's birthday
1: oh happy birthday mom in the future we'll probably be seeing this unless Two years it's, in the future <laughs> right unless
0: it's postponed <laughs> um peel teased in issue number three of fangoria i was going to ask you about this um that he was planning uh, a film that aimed to be scarier than both get out and us which could very well be this horror event coming in 2022 yes
1: it is in that issue of Fangoria that's on my counter. Oh,
0: perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, you haven't read it yet? Um, I've read part of it, but oh, not this okay. part. It was like, I need to take a peek at that mm-hmm. because I'm dying <laughs> to for his next film. Yes. <laughs> like, I have been patiently waiting mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> and then uh paramount and entertainment one are teaming up to tell another round of scary stories so we uh learned earlier this year with a sequel to last year's scary stories to tell in the dark is on the way so uh director andre overdal mm-hmm. oh I, I said it right yes done yeah. good yay is returning to direct the follow-up film and uh dan Hagman. And Kevin Hageman also returning to write the script. Um, Guillermo Del Toro is once again also involved, reportedly with a story by credit. Ooh. So I'm I'm glad he's kind of in there too, because it definitely helps. Agreed. I like the first one.
1: It was cute. It wasn't um I mean it's cute for kids. Yeah. Not so much I for mean, adults. I wouldn't even
0: know if it was really for kids. I mean teenagers. Well, I'll tell you it wasn't for adults. Yeah. I'll say teenagers. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure my um, nine-year-old nephew is probably not going to watch that. (laughs) The first one anyway. (laughs) I mean, if he's
1: anything like us.
0: I mean, if he grew up like me, then probably he would watch it. But yeah. Yeah.
1: It was a cute, I I thought it was cute for kids. It wasn't, um, you know, actually it was fine until the ending. I thought that the ending is where it got really, really hokey. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Exactly.
0: Hopefully, hopefully they'll do something better with the second one. Have to let go
1: of that anger. I'm There's
0: like, still a lot of stories um, that I they haven't to do. done
1: my favorite, which is my favorite is the one with the lady who has the ribbon tied around her neck. Oh, and yes. And she refuses to take it off, and then when she's finally on her deathbed, she tells her husband that he can take it off, and her head falls off.
0: That's a good one.
1: I like that one.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, they do that one. That's fucking be...
1: traumatic as a kid. Like, Aah! yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that. And... I
0: knew in the first movie they were gonna do the spider pimple one. Oh, you have to. I knew it.
1: I and I was like,
0: great, because I'm gonna cringe in my
1: seat because that was the one story I hated because I hate spiders. Um, that one and the the missing toe. Those are like yeah. when I think of scary stories tell in the dark. Those are the two most Ugh. iconic ones. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Anywho, well, in other news, um, officially rated R by the MPA last week stands for Motion Picture Association for those who didn't know. Uh, we've learned that director Mike P. Nelson's new take on the Wrong Turn franchise has been acquired by Sabin Films. Why? Uh, the film is being billed as a reboot and doesn't yet have a release date, um, but it is a quote unquote much anticipated reboot that will not disappoint. I'm sure it will. Supposedly, in a statement shared by Variety. So, um, I actually really love the Wrong Turn movies. I thought they were super fun. They're, like, somewhere between uh, the reboot of Friday the 13th and... uh, Which wasn't fun, but they're somewhere between the reboot of Friday the 13th and Hills Have Eyes and Cabin in the Woods for me.
0: Oh, maybe... You know what? Wrong Turn is good. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking about the Hills Have Eyes.
1: Truthfully... I can't do the hills have eyes. I, I did not like it. it. No, I can't do the original, and I can't do the remake. Can't, can't, can't. It's- yeah, the
0: remake. Uh, I think the remake got a little bit more, like, super dark.
1: Yeah, for I, me, I can't do anything with <laughs> those. That movie and um, Last House on the Left. Anything with uh, depictions of sexual assault that are just too real, I yeah. cannot watch.
0: Yeah just nope it was a bit much for there me.
1: are episodes of law and order svu that i cannot watch yeah so Oof. and you know how i feel about my girl olivia benson i know yeah <laughs> um and then in other news more reboot news Ooh. uh blumhouse's paranormal activity is getting a reboot Really? Yep. It was actually originally set to hit theaters on March 19th, but it was pushed back due to pandemic, a full year to March 4th, 2022. Okay yep um but there is word via screenwriter christopher landon that the new movie has snagged a director oh so uh landon tells dread central which is where i get a lot of my news that he is writing the new paranormal activity movie and they're rebooting that franchise he's super excited about the director but he cannot say who it is because they won't let him well fine i know Secrets like, don't make friends. I know, Christopher Langdon.
0: <laughs> but also, please make this paranormal activity good.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I think we're on like twelve, and I'm over it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I've actually stopped watching them.
0: <laughs> like yeah. maybe after like the second yep. one. Yeah, maybe yep. I don't know. Yep. But anyway, I I stopped yep. after a long time so anyway <laughs> so um as we're getting into the holidays um we wanted to share uh, some great um independent artists um some of which that we shop with who are selling some great spooky
1: christmas things support artisans yes. not amazon
0: exactly we want to we want to support the the people who need it the most for sure indeed <laughs> uh so the one i like to put on there is uh from our uh wonderful friend dominique and um she has a little instagram called sucrose pins Mm -hmm. um but i'm not sure if she is uh posting this on that um instagram uh account but i i did see on her personal um account that she is making some really cool like um, spooky ornaments with uh with her um, pin uh, collection.
1: Oh, get it, girl. Yeah, I love her so
0: much. <laughs> and she's uh, I saw that she posted that she is actually um gonna take like custom orders. So I saw she made like um one button that was um <laughs> I think it was the um the elevator doors opening.
1: Aw, um, adorable. And, and she put
0: like a little Christmas hook on there, <laughs> the ornament hook on there. <laughs> Anyway, but she's making some really great stuff, and I always just want to highlight her and and share the great things that she's making.
1: And she made us the freaking cutest little squad ghouls refrigerator magnets. Yes. I have mine proudly <laughs> on my refrigerator. It's so damn cute.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, not only is she making, like, pins, buttons, but she's also turning those buttons into magnets and ornaments for the holidays. Aww. So check her out.
1: Get it, Dominique. We love you. <laughs> and we miss you. Yes. Post-Rona, will come visit. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and also, I wanted to
0: share um, Little Shop of Gore, mm. but they also are the ones who um, help out with one of the events we like to attend, the Tarot Market.
1: Oh, yay!
0: Yes, they have been posting quite a few little spooky ornaments, and, and mainly they're sharing Probably most of the vendors that we have, you know, probably mentioned before, but they post little things and they're also highlighting people um, making things for the holidays. So check them out. I know um, they have an Instagram. I'm not sure about an Etsy store, but I
1: think they have an Etsy. Okay,
0: that's how I think. I'm pretty I mean, sure they have look, an Etsy. Just to make sure. <laughs> um but they have some really really cute stuff too no they don't have it oh they don't okay no. so just check them out on instagram and like i said they're also sharing um more favorite etsy and like independent artists as well so thank you little shop of gore and tara market for for
1: doing that absolutely <laughs> and one of the ones that i picked was actually somebody that i bought a wreath from a couple years back so i bought the most perfect man-eating christmas wreath from nightmare before christmas oh yeah with like the crazy teeth and the eyes and stuff um so i bought it from an etsy store called canvas black so um right now the shop's on hiatus but you can um sign up for email notifications when he comes back but like seriously this wreath is freaking perfect it's super well made it hangs on my door for like three months because I can't let it go. So from like November 1st through, you know, February 1st, because, you know, I love it so much. Um, but everything down to the eyes are ceramic and hand painted. The teeth are all um, not ceramic, but it's almost like PVC, like sheet PVC that's been cut and molded. It's really cool. Super well made. Um,
0: we'll say this. It's better made
1: than the one I saw at Disney yes yes it is I just want to point that out yes but
0: continue but he's got he's got great um,
1: spooky wreaths on there so definitely check out his shop um, it's he's got great stuff um, and then the other one that I picked is horror it's a I like how you said that really slow an anemone yeah it's Horornaments it's spelled phonetically like it sounds yep Um. so they have and I've bought so many of my spooky ornaments for my goth Christmas tree from this place. They have everything. They even have an Alice Cooper ornament.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Fuck.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> all about the Alice Cooper. Who ornament. else
0: needs to be on the ornament? Alice,
1: Alice motherfucking Cooper. <laughs> Cooper. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So I, I love horror ornaments. So please uh, <laughs> patronize their shop. They've got a lot of great stuff. Um, they don't have an Etsy. They actually have their own website. So oh, nice log on check them out i've bought a bunch like a a little spooky tree and i bought headless horseman and a bigfoot and i mean i've got a ton of them that i've collected from there over the years i usually try to buy a couple each year um they're not cheap but they're really well made and they have yet to be murdered by a kitty cat so that's good yeah
0: and i'm really terrified for this year uh as far as putting up my tree
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Well, because you've got two English bulldogs
0: that yep. will bulldoze it real easily. Yeah, just knock it right over. Mm-hmm. And they love. Well, I will say only one of them likes to chew on everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that. I'm just going to put a <laughs> muzzle on her during Christmas.
1: <laughs> I guess what Pearl Bailey. Yep. Guess what?
0: Yep. That that's just how it goes. Got to got to protect the tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> protect the spirit of Christmas. Uh. <laughs> oh man anyway
1: it's my life yep well today our episode discusses the newer series on netflix called the haunting of bly manor season two in the series following the haunting of hill house by mike flanagan and it was on netflix i think this one was nine episodes yep and it's based very ever so very loosely on the 1898 novella the turn of the screw which i also need to read again um n- not really oh it's just a boring story oh it's a well, really boring story i mean
0: I-, I feel like i just need to read it again to get a better appreciation for it maybe
1: there isn't a better appreciation. Okay, it's never a boring mind. story. <laughs> You're like, don't read I'm it. Like, with all the things that we have going on in life, it's just not worth it. <laughs> don't do it, girl.
0: It's girl, not worth don't it. Don't do it, girl. I'm not going to do it. I was just thinking about it. I
1: did it. No. <laughs> it's really, like, the, the to me, the way that um, Mike Flanagan spiced up this season, because this season got really boring in, like, Epis- from episodes five to seven mm-hmm. it was real boring yeah um and it's but when they especially in five when they start jumping like memory jumping so much with mrs gross i'm like oh, i'm yeah, tired. That, yeah that that got me a little bit it got real tough um so they did spice up the story but the story of the turn of the screw is just a very boring story oh. um well fine i'm sorry <laughs> i mean you girl live your live your best life do what you want it's just no
0: i'm i'm gonna take your opinion because i'm gonna waste my time it's so boring yeah um then i'm not gonna do
1: it yeah so we did see some familiar faces in this series um yes. so victoria Padretti. or is back in this series she doesn't reprise a role i almost said but that's not she's a different character so (laughs) she plays um danny clayton who's the au pair oliver jackson cohen who also was in the haunting of hill house as uh victoria Padretti's twin brother uh plays peter quint and it also stars kate siegel as uh she plays viola the mistress of bly manor but she's not introduced until later so we did see some familiar faces oh also um henry thomas who plays henry wingrave he also was in the haunting of hill house oh my god and the narrator
0: (sighs) i know so many people so many people carla uh Uh, i can never say her last name
1: jugino gugino is that her name (laughs) I tried. We're, we're going to go with that. Yep. But so there's a lot of stars from The Haunting of Hill House who uh, come back into this story. And then we're also introduced to Amelia Eve, who plays Jamie. She's a gardener. Um, and then Carla Gugino is the older version of Jamie. She's also the storyteller. So if you haven't watched it, I just ruined that for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tania Miller, who I freaking loved in this. Yes. Uh, plays Mrs. Gross. Raul Cohil or Coley 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 plays Owen Sharma, who's the cook. He was so great. He was awesome. (laughs) Um, And then we also have a couple of different folks who play the kids. So there are younger and older versions of the kids. Kamal Khan plays the older version of Owen. And then we also have Amelia B. Smith, who plays Flora Wingrave. Christy Burke plays the um, plays the older version of her. I'm sorry. Amelia B. Smith plays the younger version. Um, And then she's also the bride in the very end um sharif plays rebecca jessel who is the au pair who is killed or uh, takes her own life before danny clayton gets there and we also have thomas nicholson who plays the older version of miles and henry thomas as i mentioned plays henry wingrave and duncan fraser plays the older version of henry wingrave or the father of the bride
0: well you said or so it's yeah uh so just some uh cool little fun facts that um so this is the 35th adaptation uh for film tv of the henry james novella the turn of the screw interesting i did not know there were so many (laughs) and i again i say why it's just kind of a boring story wow okay so oh and here oh this is the best part um (laughs) a movie remake telling a modern version of the tale called the turning (laughs) i knew you were gonna make that sound was released in theaters a few months before this series premiered
1: uh the wait that's not true oh
0: wait no it was released like
1: january that's more than a few yeah yeah it's more i was like because this just came out in october yeah and wait didn't you saw that in
0: the theater didn't you
1: no i watched it on voodoo okay and i'm real glad i didn't waste ten dollars on a movie ticket okay
0: okay good yeah because i remember you telling me not to watch it but don't do
1: it girl it's not worth it i did it
0: (laughs) i did it (laughs) Uh, i had a free movie rental so anyway (laughs) it's not like i spent money on it Mm -hmm. um so the uh episode uh, uh, oh god I'll I'll promise I can talk. Anyway, the episode titles are named after the ghost stories of Henry James. Uh, The Newton Brothers piano composition, Go Tomorrow, uh, used throughout Mike Flanagan's other series, uh, Netflix series, The Haunting of Hill House, is um, also is featured in this uh, series, uh, Black Manor. Uh, Production on the series uh, successfully completed filming just a month before production suspensions were established for many television shows due to COVID-19 pandemic. Well, that's good. They got to finish this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then um, on February 21st, 2019, Netflix renewed the series for a second season as an anthology series, which is why season two has a different title story and characters uh there there is no narrative link between the series this series and the the haunting of hill house
1: i kind of like that actually i I did too yeah i really really liked that so dear ryan murphy this is how you do an anthology series Mm -hmm. thank you mike flanagan Uh uh-huh take note (laughs)
0: Um, Although the main narrative draws primarily from The Turn of the Screw, it also draws inspiration from other Henry James ghost stories, including The Jolly Corner, The Romance of Certain Old Clothes, The Great Good Place, The Pupil, The Two Faces, The Way It Came, and The Beast in the Jungle. Hmm. I like these names. (laughs) Um, Oliver Jackson-Cohen was originally going to play the the gardener love interest of Danny, but Mike Flanagan thought the audience might find it a little strange uh, because Oliver and Victoria play twins in The Haunting of Hill House. That's good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he was cast as the dastardly but tragic Peter Quint instead. I think he's cute. (laughs) I think he is adorable. I can't help it. He's no army Hammer, but... I mean... Anyway stop daydreaming about him um anyway (laughs) the room at the hostel danny stays uh, in is room 217 this is a nod to stephen king's novel the shining uh king uh was a huge fan of the first series the haunting of hill house directed by mike flanagan and both are known as big admirers of each other's work that's pretty cool you guys need to work together Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm just putting that out there mike flanagan stephen king if you are listening Work together. Thank you. Um, anyway, Flanagan has made several King adaptations, including Dr. Sleep and Gerald's Game. That's pretty cool. Uh, in almost every scene from Danny's point of view, there are ghosts in the background. Sometimes a full ghost, only a head, hands, or a face. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty creepy.
1: Yep. This <laughs> I gotta is, say. Well, and, and this is not a series that you can watch... While you're scrolling through your phone on Facebook,
0: nope, you have to
1: pay attention. You need to, to be paying attention, otherwise, you're gonna hate it.
0: And I noticed that and I was like, "Oh wait, you know what? I missed something. Let me rewind." Because I happened to like look down for like one second, mm-hmm. and
1: and then I looked up. And I was like,
0: "No, something happened," and I had to like rewind. Yeah,
1: I think one morning <laughs> I ended up getting up because Jared. I watch. I binge watched most of it on a Saturday morning, and. Jared had gone to work early, so I was already up at like 4.30. And I'm just like, you know what? We're going to do it. Today's the day. We're going to power through like six episodes (laughs) before we have to start cleaning the house. (laughs) I was just sitting there, not on my phone, like, this is magic.
0: I know. It was really great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And last little fun fact, the telephone number in the uh, nanny advertisement in episode one is a number you can actually dial. And when you dial it, you'll hear a voice rec- a voice recording from Miles and Flora.
1: Is this the same one they used for the um, series promo? Yep. Nice. Yeah. And if
0: she says, uh, what was it? Not simply splendid.
1: Perfectly splendid. Thank you. Thank you. Oh,
0: <laughs> that was stuck in my Everything head.
1: Everything is perfectly splendid. I
0: literally fell asleep hearing that in my head. Mm-hmm. But anyway. <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> uh, I wanted to count how many times she said that, and then I lost track. A lot. Like, I think if they just based her payment for this role on how many times she had to say that, she's probably set for life. Just saying.
1: Right. Good drinking game.
0: <laughs> um. So as we mentioned before, this. Series was uh, based on the turning of the screw. Mm -hmm.
1: So on Christmas Eve, we start with the story being told by an unnamed narrator, along with some other quote unquote unnamed characters. And uh, they start reading a manuscript written by a former governess, whom one of the friends who's reading claims to have known and is now dead so the manuscript tells the story of how a young governess was hired by a man who has become responsible for his young nephew and niece after the deaths of their parents he lives mainly in london but also has a country house called Bly, and he is completely uninterested in raising the children yeah that's fine Right? It happens. Um, So the boy Miles is attending a boarding school who is, he's a complete freaking troublemaker. Yeah. Um, A total troublemaker. And while his younger sister, Flora, lives in the country house in Essex, she's currently being cared for by the housekeeper named Mrs. Gross. And Flora's uncle, who is the governess's new employer, gives full charge of the children and explicitly states that she is not to bother him with communications of any sort. So weird. I know. So (laughs) the governess then travels to her new employer's country house and begins her job duties. And then
0: uh, Miles soon returns from school for the summer just after a letter arrives from the headmaster stating that he has been expelled. No surprise no troublemaker (laughs) Uh, miles never speaks of the matter and the governess is hesitant to raise the issue she fears there is some horrible secret behind the expulsion but is too charmed by the adorable young boy uh to want to press the issue like she's like i'm just gonna leave it he's he's so sweet Mm -hmm. but not really (laughs) But uh, soon thereafter, <laughs> around the grounds of the estate, the governess begins to see the figures of a man and a woman who she does not recognize. Uh, these figures come and go at will without ever being seen or challenged by other members of the household, and they seem uh, to the governess to be supernatural or ghosts. Um, she leans. Uh, she learns. She leans. Sorry. <laughs> she learns from Mrs. Gross. Uh, that the governess's predecessor, Miss Jessel, and another employee, Peter Quint, uh, had a close relationship uh, before their deaths. Jessel and Quint spent much of their time with Flora and Miles, and this fact has grim significance for the current governess when she becomes convinced that the two children are secretly aware of the ghost's presence. Uh, later, without permission, Flora leaves the house while Miles is playing music for the governess. Because, yeah, it's fine. Just let your kid just go out wherever you're... And let them go wherever they want to go. As one does. Yeah. (laughs) So, the governess notices uh, Flora's absence and goes with Mrs. Gross in search of her. They find her on the shore of a nearby lake, and the governess is convinced that Flora has been talking to the ghost of Miss Jessel. When the governess finally confronts Flora, the girl denies seeing Miss Jessel and demands never to see the governess again. At the governess's suggestion, Mrs. Gross takes Flora away to her uncle, leaving the governess with Miles, who, that night, at last, talks to her about his expulsion. Uh, the ghost of Quint appears to the governess at the window the governess shields Miles, who attempts to see the ghosts, and then the governess tells Miles he is no longer controlled by the ghosts, and then finds that Miles has died in her arms.
1: hmm Oh. It's just a boring story. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a real boring story. Yeah, kind of at the end there, I was like, oh. It's like, it's super <laughs> anticlimactic. It just... <sighs> Yeah, it's just not a very good story.
0: Well, at least they it was definitely um, embellished and hyped up more in the series.
1: I really love now. Granted, episodes like f- even part of four, but really mm-hmm. five, six, and seven were real boring yeah until eight when you get the backstory and my you know we'll go through a very brief synopsis here of the series but my one complaint is i feel like episode eight should have happened way sooner in the series agreed um it would have given a lot more context so when episode one kicks off it starts very similarly to the story in the fact that we start out in Northern California, but it takes place in the 2000s, and we see a full group of folks who are attending a rehearsal dinner for a wedding. So the main narrator is female, and she starts telling the story of this au pair back in 1987 in London. So turns out we are introduced to our American a little bright-eyed, bushy blonde, 80 haired eighties-haired <laughs> Danny Clayton, um, and she is she's escaped the states. We are not sure why she has fled, um, and she doesn't really speak about it. But she ends up in London, and she's hired by Henry Wingrave to look after his niece and nephew at their manor in Bly. So. It's a little... The backstory of both of their lives is a little strange because nobody really wants to hire Danny. She's having a hard time finding a job. And Henry Wingrave is also having a really hard time filling this spot. So... Danny was not at the top of the list to get this job, and she ends up meeting Henry in a bar, and they end up getting completely hammered, as all job <laughs> interviews end up, right? Yeah, that's it, very, <laughs> that was
0: in, very interesting.
1: Yeah, um, and then they she ends up getting the job. So she is then driven to the manor by Owen, who's the cook, who I really, really loved. He's yeah. just a sweet little. He was man. one of my
0: favorite characters. He was actually- a great character.
1: Um, She meets the kids, Miles and Flora. Um, Flora is super cute. Miles is a serial killer in training. (laughs) As as well as the housekeeper, Mrs. Gross, or Hannah Gross. Um, So then flora starts to warn danny not to leave her room at night but danny just goes yeah you know wh- whatever it's fine little kids they just say weird things so she starts finding all of these talismans that are spread throughout the house and one of them belonged to the previous au pair who was named rebecca jessel who allegedly took her own life so Hannah then describes that the talismans are protection for Flora, and Danny ends up stumbling on on the Lady of the Lakes talisman one night, and Miles locks her in Flora's closet. Yeah, not cool. Little douchebag. Yeah. Um, So then she panics and she sees this specter with with glowing eyes and she sees this thing all over the first episode and it's creepier than shit. Yeah. Um, And then we also see as she's staying in her hostel in the beginning, she has all of her mirrors in her room covered, which is really, really odd. So she's then let out of the closet a few years later and the Lady of the Lake's talisman's back under Flora's dresser. Um, So these little talismans are little dolls from flora's house so and creepy so creepy and you know what this actually reminded me of this reminded me of um the creep show reboot in oh. the, with the first episode the second part that was about the dollhouse yes that's what that dollhouse reminded me of i'm like them she's she gonna throw a head out of this thing and it's gonna appear under her bed it's just gonna yeah. happen like no, that. no thanks mm-hmm. and So, after she gets let out, she notices muddy footsteps in the manor, and when she follows them outside, she sees uh, Flora and Miles staring at her from the bedroom windows. Also very creepy. Super creepy. What is up with these kids? (laughs) Dude, kids are the creepiest. Why do you think I don't have any? I'm
0: telling you, it's Mm -hmm. always something wrong with the kids. Always. (laughs) Always. Um, then we, we get into episode two, The Pupil, and, you know, after all these events in the the first episode, you know, Danny has a conversation with the kids about walking here in the closet, like, hey, that's not cool, <laughs> but she's like, oh, okay, you know, it's fine, you know, I forgive you, because I know she kind of feels, like, a little bad for them, too, because <laughs> they're just in that house, and, you know, their uncle doesn't really, you know, care for them that much. So, um, and then, but she also doesn't really, you know, believe, you know, in, you know, in their stories of like, you know, these these ghosts that have the talismans and everything, which I find really funny because she clearly sees something <laughs> that she's not talking with with anybody, mm-hmm. um, you know, about seeing her um, her uh, recently deceased um, fiance as we find out but anyway (laughs) but i just found that like really interesting that she just didn't even want to believe anything that they were saying so (laughs) but anyway in um in a flashback uh to his days in uh, prep school Miles climbs uh miles climbs a high tree and jumps breaking his arm miles behavior in prep school becomes like increasingly erratic like he's picking fights he's killing small animals basically being a serial killer
1: i'm telling you
0: <laughs> so yeah so and then eventually he's expelled and it's suggested that miles wanted to be expelled i mean i kind of get that too i think like he maybe like he's just being like one well, of those kids just have i mean to know. it was but also, catholic school so yeah that would make me want to leave too
1: mm-hmm.
0: honestly mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he he's holding a letter um, from flora that says come home um, and then we, go, we get back into the present, and uh, Danny makes Flora and Miles do house chores, um, giving Hannah, who's the housekeeper, and Jamie, the gardener, kind of like a little bit of a break, just to kind of get them out, you know, to do some other things around the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, la- later, uh, Flora tidies up Danny's room, and Danny has this, like you know, huge panic, uh, panic attack when Flora tries on a pair of broken glasses that she finds among, you know, her stuff. And, you know, she's like, she starts like hyperventilating, like she's really like losing it. Um, so she rushes outside and she's just trying to breathe and just, uh, finally Jamie comes over and just tries to like calm her down and just, you know, make sure she's okay. Uh, Miles, he starts acting like he's like, the, the big man on campus <laughs> towards Danny, and he's, like, being real mean to her, being really forceful, um, and which kind of, like, creeps her out, and she's like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, and then uh, while playing a, guy, uh, a game of hide-and-seek, Danny discovers a photo of Rebecca and her lover, and her lover is the same uh, apparition Danny saw on um, the the parapet earlier, and he appears there again. Uh, and then Miles falls unconscious and distracts Danny from the ghosts. And then uh when, when Danny's back is turned, the ghost uh, grins eerily at Miles. Eek. Oof, gosh. There's so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's when it gets really good though.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> three and four were really good. And then I felt like five is five's when it just got I whoa. fell asleep a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. It was really, really <laughs> hard to... It was just hard to keep up. So in episode three, it's called Two Faces, or The Two Faces, part one. So there is a flashback to a year prior when after uh, it's revealed that the ghost that Danny saw is the ghost of Peter Quint, who works for Henry Henry Wingrave. And he meets Rebecca Jessel as she's interviewing for the au pair position to take care of the two kids. So he then takes her to Bly Manor after they after she's been hired, and they start flirting, and they form a relationship. Don't date people you work with. Nope. I did, but don't do it. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> well... <laughs> It worked out in one situation, but it's not worked out in other situations before. Um, So Flora and Rebecca instantly form this super tight bond and Flora gifts Rebecca a doll that she made of her. And again, as I mentioned in our last episode, uh, the preferred type for young women is red flags. So this is a big red flag. Peter Quint becomes super possessive of Rebecca and super jealous of her interactions with Owen. He's a cook and he she's just talking to him, and, and Peter starts getting super progressive possessive and saying that she's flirting with him and ask if she's sleeping with him. Yeah, and, that was crazy. Yeah, I'm like, bro. I was like, where did that even come down. from, man? Like, again, red flags everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So <laughs> it just and it gets weird so um the photo that danny found in the prior episode was taken by peter in the off-limits wing of the house um where and it actually was the wing that the parents of miles and flora lived in before they were untimely killed which we find out in a later episode um and hannah super disapproved of their relationship she knew peter was bad news she knew he was bad for rebecca and she did not approve of it. It at all. So We flash forward to the present, and after the last episode, Danny is just convinced that she saw Peter, and the police come, and they can't find him on the grounds, so the adults end up staying awake all night because they assume that he's alive, and he may not know that Rebecca's dead, so he's probably stalking the grounds and trying to find her. So Flora is then found down by the lake the next morning, and she's actually staring at Rebecca's ghost super creepy and super sad. I was really
0: sad about that. (laughs) I was really sad.
1: Um, And then Flora and Miles decide to have a story time while they're all staying up. So creepy. Way creepy. Um, So Miles then starts a story about puppets who forgot who their maker was and mocked him. But then the story ends super abruptly when uh, the police actually have called to let the group know that Owen's mother had died. I felt so bad for him. I did too. So Jamie, who is the gardener, leaves for the night um and then danny has a panic attack and once again she screams as she sees that ghost with the glowing eyes that appears in front of her
0: so creepy that actually mm-hmm. made me jump like a little
1: do every time that ghost came <laughs> up i was like <laughs> i think it was just because of the eyes it was totally and then the i'm eyes. like i
0: really hope we're gonna get into the story because i want to know what this is all about and here's episode four.
1: <laughs> and it's worth noting that after uh after I watched this episode, I had um that Cindy Lauper song stuck in my head. Which one? It was um da 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 da. We have no past. That oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> All through the night. That was it. Oh man. That song was stuck in my head for like a week. that's so great (laughs) yes all through the night
0: i mean there uh, but i will say i know it gets a little boring once we get into these episodes but like this one wasn't boring for me yeah number four i i liked and it was really sad (laughs) i I felt really bad um so uh nope episode four it's titled the way it came so we start in a um flashback uh danny is engaged to her childhood friend edmund and you know, she's hiding her reservations and um and just kind of hiding about her sexuality. Um she, you know, obviously has feelings for the opposite sex, but doesn't really she just she's just really scared to to share that.
1: It was the eighties. It yeah. still wasn't a, like a big thing to come out of the closet.
0: Yeah. One well, she was, you know, really feeling kind of feeling the pressure mm-hmm. <laughs> um with the engagement and, you know, and you know, kinda Edmund's family has already kind of accepted her and I mean even his mom was just like, you know, like, let's hang out and (laughs) like all this stuff. So well and then one night during a date, you know, Edmund realizes that, you know, he has that feeling, you know, there's something wrong and he's he, he he's basically like, you know, trying to get it out of her. And uh Danny finally, you know, lets him know how she's been feeling. And, of course, he's super upset. So, they, you know, they leave the restaurant, and they're still kind of fighting in the car. And Edmund gets really upset. And as he's exiting the the car, he doesn't notice, but there's a
1: truck coming, and it hits him, and it kills him. And right when the truck comes by, the lights yeah. reflect off of his glasses. And that's glasses. how we...
0: now. And that's when we realize that's why his ghost is appearing that way.
1: And I was like, oh...
0: It had a little light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, and that's why we, you know, we're realizing why Danny is like so traumatized, you know, every time, you know, she sees, you know, Ed- Edmund's ghosts like that. I mean, I'd be creeped out too, actually. <laughs> Seriously. So, you know, she's after his death, you know, she's, she's trying to, you know, get through and, you know, and she just, you know, can't cut it. So, she just makes plans to leave the country without telling anybody. It's like, peace out, bye, see you later. (laughs) And, um, you know, Edmund's, um, mother, you know, visits Danny and, you know, gives her Edmund's glasses just before, you know, Danny's taxi to the airport is, you know, basically arriving, but she still doesn't tell, like, his mom, like, or anybody, like, where she's going. She just dips out. Um, and then we are get, we get to uh Bly Manor and uh, Danny decides that you know she doesn't want to go to Owen's uh, mother's funeral she just thinks that she needs to just chill and you know just sit this one out because it's bringing back you know too many but i love memories. the dress
1: that she went to put on oh yes because it's like this total 80s black party dress yes with like this huge peplum and everything else i was like going, girl it was hilarious
0: that was great i'm kind of glad she didn't go though because i am too i feel like everybody would have been looking at her like agreed
1: what, what is agreed. this girl wearing mm-hmm <laughs>
0: but um instead of going she does join like the the rest of the the staff at the little bonfire afterwards mm-hmm. which is I thought that was pretty cool because i felt like we learned a little bit more you know about <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. and there jamie the gardener she starts talking about you know the traditional remembrance of the deceased you know throwing bones into the fire quotations mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but you know danny doesn't want to participate she doesn't really want to reveal that Part of her life yet. Um, then later, uh, Danny and Jamie go into the greenhouse together and kiss.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and and during which, you know, Danny is frightened by Edmund's ghost. He pops up right there. That that part kind of got me. Biggest
1: <laughs> biggest cock block in yeah ever.
0: Like you ain't getting none. Nope. I'm gonna stare at you with my. Mm-hmm golden creepy eyes <laughs> but um and then later that night danny awakens kind of like she's still a little drunk and uh but flora notices the faceless doll in her dollhouse this part yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh flora and miles distract danny preventing her from seeing the uh white clad female spirit wandering the manor uh, also
1: mega creepy yeah
0: <laughs> i'm glad they distracted her though because i think that would have just made it really worse <laughs> like i'm done
1: yep I'm moving back
0: see you guys later yep <laughs> and then after uh putting the children back to bed danny returns to the fire pit and then burns uh edmund's glasses so while wow, he kinda... stares at her yeah that was that was also really creepy
1: mm-hmm. but yeah yep so <laughs> episode five is when it gets real weird And and it starts getting boring. But, you know, I feel like um, The Haunting of Hill House, same. Like, right here in the middle, it started to get a little boring. Mm -hmm. Um, What about these shows in the middle? Well, and this (laughs) one was really hard because we're not yet introduced to this concept of dream hopping. So, one of my critiques for this season is I wish that we would have learned about this kind of time and dream hopping concept earlier in the series because it it took me a minute to get into this one i had to rewind it the rest of it would have made so much more sense and like i when i watch this one i'm like what the fuck's going on and it's not until (laughs) the very end when we find out that hannah is actually dead
0: right i was like Mm. well shit like the whole time i was so confused yeah so i'm like
1: (laughs) why do we just keep rewinding to the same fucking spot oh you're dead
0: oh (laughs) that's why yeah it took me a minute but then after i was like Oh, okay. I think I know what's going on here. She went down the well. Got it.
1: (laughs) Um, So Mrs. Gross or Hannah Gross, the housekeeper, starts kind of time hopping and dream hopping between different events and different points in time. And where it gets really er, confusing is some of these things happened and some of them didn't. So she keeps jumping back to this day when she first interviewed Owen for the cook job um, as well as the night of the bonfire when he offers to take her to Paris. So she also then starts to jump back and forth between Rebecca Jessel's employment at Bly Manor and her disapproval of Rebecca's affair with Peter Quint. And she actually catches Peter Quint stealing the dead Wingrave parents' belongings what a douchebag yeah um so then hannah ends up flashing back to one night in particular where peter tells rebecca that he plans to move to america and convinces her to join him and as peter then leaves her room he's spotted by miles and flora and then he's out of nowhere grabbed by the lady in the lake who is this faceless white clad ghost who keeps tracking the muddy footprints into the house um he so she grabs him kills him and then drags him out to the lake and that is how we learn that peter quint is dead so he then immediately starts haunting bly manor and he discovers that he has the ability to possess miles because Miles allows him into his mind. So. No wonder. Yeah. So then we, we then jump back to Hannah's interview with Owen. And he tells her that, you know, there's something really wrong with Miles. Like, no shit. He's a real fucked up kid. And now, and now he's possessed.
0: Right. And now we know why he's really fucked up. Exactly.
1: Um, so then Hannah tracks Miles into the woods and she sees him speaking to Peter. Peter then possesses Miles and shoves her down the well, which kills her. Mm. So, then we see Hannah staring down the well when Danny first arrives at the manor, revealing that she was just killed the moment before Danny arrived. So crazy. I know. And I I, I was looking at that. I had to think about that for so long. and went...
0: Uh, oh yeah ooh. <laughs> there was a lot of rewinding in this episode <laughs> <Yeah>. for me <laughs> yeah because uh, i felt like again like i'll look down for one second and i miss something you
1: can't yeah and just <laughs> just to reiterate you cannot be looking at your phone or multitasking while you're watching yeah. this this is not something you can it, have playing in the background full attention yeah and because you'll miss all these little nuances of little ghosts in the background or you know things that you think are dolls but they're really not that are moving um you'll miss so much if you're multitasking while you're watching this you really need like sit down with your popcorn and enjoy it um so then we fast forward back to the bonfire where hannah agrees to go to paris with owen only to look up and see him toasting her goodbye as he leaves with jamie and hannah then chases after him calling for him to wait but then he fades into the darkness Aww. This one was sad. It, like, yeah. it, was, it was real screwed up, and it was. It got a little boring with all the time hopping because it was just so hard to keep track of what was going on. Um, But then once I did at the end, I went, oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Poor Mrs. Gross. I know. Ugh.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, getting into
0: episode six, I got a little angry <laughs> this one. <laughs> just a little bit. So it called The
1: Jolly Corner. This one was just like, oh, my God, really?
0: Yeah. Like, I just, I kind of mm-hmm. felt like it was maybe an unnecessary episode. I mean, not unnecessary to the story, but I just think like there's just a few parts that probably didn't need to be No, there. you're right.
1: It was unnecessary <laughs> to the story.
0: Like I just felt like it just went on and on and on and on about his obsession with Flora. And which was really gross. And for his mother, really. Yeah, and for his mom, which I mean, she was beautiful. I get it, but also um your brother's wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, but um we start with um we get into these flashbacks um and they reveal that Henry was sleeping with his brother uh Dominic's wife, Charlotte, uh right before their deaths and he is Flora's biological father. By Bio- uh, Flora's biological father, excuse me.
1: Um but okay. So, I have to stop there. Yeah. This made me so angry while I was watching it. <laughs> Because the the Wingraves, the parents were, his, you know, his brother and his brother's wife. When when wife was giving birth to Flora, dad frantically comes home from a business trip and goes, oh, she's so early. She's so early. You know, how does this happen? I'm like, well, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. No shit. It, it no one
0: no uh, one was putting uh, the timing
1: on that. right it's like so if your baby is a normal size baby and she's like hmm six weeks early or eight weeks early yeah it shouldn't take you you know several years to figure out that ain't your baby
0: (laughs) Maury says you are not the the father the the
1: paternity test
0: proved (laughs)
1: Mm. oh I
0: miss my daytime TV only Maury though yep Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um so after, you know, Dominic finally like figures it out, you know, he's like, "All right, I want nothing to do with you. You can't ever see Flora. Like I'm her father, not, not you," even though he really knows that <laughs> Henry is the father. And, you know, he's basically, you know, forbidding Henry to contact his family or even set foot in Bly Manor. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, "You're you're done." you're out uh-huh. <laughs> um then uh dominic and charlotte then traveled to uh, india in an attempt to kind of salvage their marriage you know kind of reconnect but they were killed in an accident uh so now we get into the present and henry is drinking heavily and refuses uh to answer danny's calls um when flora behaves strangely strangely and she starts you know sleepwalking like really bad um At night, he calls the manor, hoping Flora will answer, but then he, you know, he's hanging up without a word, you know, when anybody, when anybody else does. Uh, Danny bonds with Jamie, and the two sleep together. Meanwhile, (laughs) uh, Flora repeatedly uh, dream hops, uh, flashing back to the past and dreams about Charlotte and a faceless uh, boy ghost that she found uh, in her room. Uh, then she also speaks to rebecca's ghost who visits her at night and and the cause of these occurrences you know then flora she's kind of like tired of uh, dream hopping she confronts rebecca's ghosts one night when danny you know suddenly enters the room danny sees rebecca's ghost as well as peter's ghost in the hallway uh as she tries to flee with flora miles approaches danny from behind and then knocks her unconscious
1: jerk yeah yeah, Miles. hmm <laughs> So this episode for in the beginning is kind of boring, but it also, I had so many feelings because it was boring at first, and then I was really sad for Rebecca Jessel. Yeah, me too. And then in the end, it got real good, like within the last two minutes. I'm like, holy shit! I know. <laughs> so the very tail end of this episode is like when we start to... um emerge a little more out of the mundane part of the story and starts getting real good so we then cut back again a year prior and that you know the time hopping in this is just it it gets a little confusing and i wish that they would have yeah and i wish that they would have reordered this but you know i digress so flashback a year prior so the newly dead peter quint who is murdered by the lady of the lake uh starts to figure out the mechanics of being a ghost so he learns that he's able to possess the living for a short period of time but if he's invited in he can do it permanently which is real creepy yeah so invite me into your body right (laughs) so um if a ghost remains he starts to figure out that if a ghost stays at Bly manor for too long they start to lose their face along with their sense of self Ugh. And they're just stuck in this repetitive loop over and over and over. So Peter then reveals himself to Rebecca as a ghost. And this actually took me a minute to put together until she went to touch him. And then she just went right through him. Yeah. I'm reaching out and touching you and I don't know why.
0: It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I enjoy it. I'm
1: like, like that, like that, except my hand goes through your arm. <laughs> um. So, He then, so he reveals himself to Rebecca and um, tells her that they can be together forever if she just invites him to possess her. (laughs) Fucked up central. So Rebecca agrees to do this because why would the love of her life lie to her? That's never happened in the history of humanity. Right. (laughs) So Peter then betrays her and walks into the lake with her body, which drowns her and renders her a ghost i was so upset i was super upset and well then you see her and she realized what's happened and she's horrified and she's crying and hysterical it's so sad so then she sees peter and she's obviously pissed but like you motherfucker what a douche um and then he tells her you know i've got a new plan we're gonna use the same method but we're going to permanently possess miles and flora they're brother and sister come on like yeah you can't do that yeah i mean I, I, come on man so we move back to the present uh peter rebecca and miles and flora bind and gag Danny in the attic while the ghosts start to hatch their plan. So, Miles and Flora both seem to invite Peter and Rebecca in. However, we learn that only Miles allows Peter in. And Mm -hmm. Rebecca, knowing that this is just an awful, horrible plan, and she can't do this to poor, sweet little Flora, does not possess Flora, and Flora is in on this as well. So... Hannah Gross then calls out from nearby. Peter, as Miles, distracts her and leads her to the well where he killed her, forcing her to accept the fact that she's a ghost. Oh. Like, so sad. I'm so mean. I know. Um. So then in the attic, Flora then reveals that she and Rebecca don't intend to carry out this plan. And Rebecca's ghost still is separate. Um, so then Flora frees Danny and she attempts to flee and Hannah tells her like, get out, take flora with you leave Bly, um and while she's trying to get flora flora then is screaming because she doesn't want to leave without miles danny's trying to get her but right when she turns around the lady in the lake grabs her by the neck and starts dragging her to the lake i was just like no i'm like oh shit this is getting good Oh Mm -hmm. man, I was, oh God, Mm -hmm.
0: so sad about it. Super (laughs) sad. But uh, episode eight, I really liked because then we finally get into this whole backstory of the the lady in the lake, which I was really excited about. But as you said, as you mentioned before, I wish this was a little bit more in the beginning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just a little bit. But anyway, so we get into the story about centuries ago the owner of light manor willoughby dies uh orphaning his two daughters viola and perdita
1: perdita
0: perdita whatever sorry Uh, no 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 no
1: it's i i I don't know how it's it's really pronounced but i like that they say perdita
0: it's yeah it's right i'm I'm thinking like wasn't the (laughs) dog from
1: 101 101 dalmatians Dalmatians?
0: Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> that's that's what happens when I see that name. Anyway, so um Viola arranges a, a marriage to their distant cousin Arthur Lloyd. What, what is with the cousin thing, dude? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna need you guys to find somebody outside your family, please, <laughs> please. I don't care if they're like first, second third cousin it's still a cousin
1: it's like in mean girls when she's like no 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 you have your cousins and your first cousins and your second and she's, cousins. Like, she's like no, and she's like no 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 no, honey no <laughs> no you just you don't do that
0: no <laughs> so uh basically viola arra- uh, Vi- viola arranges this marriage to their cousin arthur lloyd to pedita <laughs> and um but you know On top of that, Viola also has kind of, like, developed feelings for Lloyd as well. So weird. (laughs) So then, after um, having a daughter, uh, Isabel, Viola falls ill with a lung disease. During the the priest's visit, Viola refuses her last rites, insisting that she she will not leave. She's going to be here forever. She's going to try to, you know, push through this and, you know, live longer. (laughs) Uh, She becomes increasingly bitter and angry as her disease worsens and then you know and then she's starts getting you know isolated from the family and you know frequently emerging from her bedroom to search for her daughter Um, uh, Perdita no longer able to kind of like tolerate her sister's like condition and just like how mean that she's you know been to her oh
1: and smacking her I know she was like I'm like girl like I know you're (laughs) dying but (laughs)
0: she was just like she was just taking a whole lot of abuse this
1: is not your sister's (laughs) fault right you got the the, you got the the tuberculosis i'm like she didn't give it to you no but yeah
0: and i i felt really bad for her but anyway so with all this happening so viola uh smothers her to death and then she marries um arthur shortly after that that part made me upset but anyway <laughs> but having to re, uh, refuse uh, to leave earth after death a Viola's spirit is trapped in a large chest in the manor Fi- all of her oh sorry, sorry. oh yeah sorry
1: sorry sorry
0: <laughs> and it's you know it's filled with her dresses and you know jewelry and everything that she left behind for her daughter isabel um arthur's finances you know they start to dwindle and kind of like at the, li- the risk of losing the house uh Perdita opens the chest, hoping to sell Isabelle's inheritance to keep them afloat. Then uh, Viola's spirit emerges from the chest and kills Perdita.
1: With a dress! Yes. I was like, holy shit, clothes are dangerous. That was so
0: cool. That part was really cool. Clothes are dangerous. (laughs) That was the one time I was like... You know, like, when you're you're in the background jumping, and I'm sitting there eating my popcorn like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. That was that part. Did I did not expect this. I wish I was watching that episode with you.
1: Did not expect that.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> um, after finding uh, uh, Perdita's uh, go- uh, corpse, uh, Arthur fears the chest is cursed, and then he sinks it into the lake on the property before, you know, taking Isabella and then pretty much just leaving Bly manor forever mm-hmm. <laughs> and then viola becomes the lady of the lake emerging from the water at night to search the manor for her daughter and killing anyone in her path and her memory fading so like they show over time that you know viola starts you know losing her face as her memory starts fading that part was really creepy you know the, part, but also cool <laughs>
1: the part that killed me because we see the um the doll Like, the the child-sized doll Mm -hmm. in, I think it's episode six?
0: Yeah, I think that was in six, yeah. That
1: um, Flora befriends. And it's this poor little sweet curly-haired child, all in white, with no face. And we learn that because Viola has completely lost herself, she goes looking for her daughter, Isabel, but instead finds this child that lives in Bly. And she picks up that child and takes them into the lake. And yeah. Them. Oh. That was so sad. Yeah. I was like, oof, not kids, man. not And kids it didn't and even animals. like, it didn't even
0: like suffice for her. Nope. Like, she she just was like, over I need and over. more.
1: Yeah. Over and over every day. This is what I do. Get up, go wander, look for my kid, go back to the lake, lose my face, might murder people. <laughs> it's sad. Oh man. Yeah. So, the final episode. So this one was a little weird, but in yeah. the very end, it gave me all the feels. Yeah. So the final episode's called The Beast in the Jungle. So we start off back to the present day where Viola is or the lady in the lake. Now that she is the lady in the lake is dragging Danny by the throat back to the lake and then flora actually intervenes and tries to stop her and viola who just wants to look for her daughter thinks that this could potentially be her daughter so again mm-hmm. she picks up poor flora and takes her to the lake to drown her um but danny then intervenes again and saves flora by letting viola's ghost inhabit her body which then ends up releasing all of the previously trapped souls that died in the house Super, super weird. Yeah. So Henry Wingrave then comes back to Bly and he raises the children as on as his own kids in America, since one of them is his own child. <sighs> and um Owen and Jamie find Hannah's body in the well and there's so, so sad. Oh my god. So many feels. <laughs> um and then Danny and Jamie end up leaving for America and they start a life together and get engaged. Oh, so sweet. I know it was so sweet and everything's good for several years. But then after five years, Danny starts to see Viola's reflection and worries that her now popping into their lives may harm Jamie. Hmm. So I know. And, uh, during their visit to Owen's restaurant in France, he then reveals that miles and Flora don't remember anything about the events in Bly. They only have happy memories. I liked that part. I did too. But they didn't
0: have to like keep that, you know, like it just went away after they they left. Mm-hmm. I was happy about that.
1: The part that really broke my heart was when um Danny starts seeing Viola following her around. Yeah. And she gets the um the engagement ring for Jamie and she says, you know, I don't know how much time I have left, but I know that I want it to be with you. I was like mm. I'm like <laughs> my heart
0: <laughs> my i was trying not to tear up oh but it was an emotional week <laughs> it was yeah um so yeah that happens. super
1: hard and then so everything's okay and then danny wakes up one night and her hand is around jamie's neck which oh. uh, is like heartbreaking so one night, uh, Jamie actually comes back. And, oh, this was the really sad part. Yeah. So Jamie comes back to their apartment, and she's got the papers that they're civil union because, friends, this was in the '90s, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, same-sex marriage still wasn't allowed in the states. So this was the 90s. They had just gotten their civil union papers all all done and ready to go. And she finds this letter from Danny that Danny can't put her at risk. So Danny, it turns out, has gone back to Bly and Jamie follows her to to bly manor and goes to the lake and realizes that danny has drowned herself to take Viola's place Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and we see jamie you know trying to allow um, danny's spirit to inhabit her body trying to to bring her back in any way but it's too late she's gone so we then fast forward to the present and the storyteller, we find out, is a middle-aged Jamie. And real heartbreaking part, we start seeing the wedding reception, which it turns out is actually a grown-up Flora who's there with Miles and Owen and her her biological father, Henry, Henry mm. Wingrave. Um, and everything seems to be happy. Although the, the night before, after we who we find out is Jamie, is, has finished telling the story flora you know starts talking to her about how much she loves her soon-to-be husband and how afraid she is of losing him which was so heartbreaking yeah um but everything's happy so once the wedding reception's over jamie goes up to her hotel room and gets everything already um but she waits by the door and leaves it slightly open hoping that danny's ghost is gonna come back who watches over her while she falls asleep?
0: Mm.
1: All the feels. Yeah. Perfectly splendid. Perfectly splendid. <laughs> I want um, that on a shirt. Right.
0: <laughs> Seriously, I might go back through and see how many times she said that.
1: Oh, too many. <laughs> Good drinking game.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that would be fun.
1: Yes. And I feel
0: like we would be uh, wasted. Oh, totally if we were drinking every time she said that. <laughs> but overall I really liked this season. Um definitely the first season it definitely came out with a bang and I really like that one too. I mean especially I love the I will never forget the story of you uh telling me you're watching an episode <laughs>
1: fell off that damn <laughs> treadmill in front of all my coworkers,
0: and i remember we we're talking about this coming out and i said uh sarah
1: no treadmills nope for, like, while you're watching this please <laughs> well guess i'm gonna be looking for a new job because i just yeah that you know i think that um haunting of hill house was scarier yeah i agree um i feel like in the middle yes it did get slightly boring Mm-hmm. but not as boring as this one got in the middle for me um and yeah that jump scare and I think it's like episode 8 or 9 it might be episode 9 when uh Theo and her sister are screaming at each other in the car and then baby sister Nell's ghost just out of nowhere <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the car goes boo bitches and I'm like ah! <laughs> off the treadmill <laughs> Sarah goes <laughs> oh man oh, all of my coworkers saw it it was wonderful um oh man yeah but so I, I think season one was definitely scarier um but you know I still liked it uh it's just it's just a boring story so but I, I definitely think
0: Mike Flanagan definitely he spiced it up yeah mm-hmm. and he made the turn of the screw little bit more interesting less boring he made yeah. it much
1: less boring um a couple of critiques i would have i would have shifted things around mm-hmm. um if you're gonna do the the crazy time hopping maybe include some different pieces in so first off if you know that these folks are still gonna be ghosts maybe move a little more of the story forwards, so that we have some info because mm-hmm. the middle episodes especially episode five was really hard to watch yeah and understand what was going on right um i thought there was just it, it not only was
0: just too much hopping around it was like going so fast that i like i felt like sometimes i couldn't keep up with what was going on and i had to like kind of backtrack a little bit
1: it almost felt a little bit like um you know the this tv series this is us where mm-hmm. it jumps around yeah i felt like he was kind of trying to do that with going to different times and so forth mm-hmm. um but it just didn't quite work as well as it does for that series yeah so, you know, that's my that's my big critique. I felt like it was casted perfectly. Yes. I would not have made a single casting change. Nope. Um, I feel like it was very well written. It was very well filmed. I loved the very subtle nuances of the different ghosts that you see. Yeah. But if you again, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss something. Yeah. You have to be watching. And there's no it's not like an overdone horror movie where if there's a ghost that walks by, there's like some big dun <gasps> noise. Yeah, like that the happens. music. Yeah, yeah. In the background. It's I liked that. Super subtle. And it's yeah. just really unsettling the way that it's done. It creates that really eerie atmosphere. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm yeah. actually excited to see more of what Mike Flanagan is gonna do.
1: More Mike Flanagan, yes, less please. Ryan Murphy.
0: On you know, on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it has eighty seven percent.
1: That's actually down from where it was. Oh really? Yeah, it was actually in the nineties when it first came out. Oh well. Update. <laughs> 87% now. <laughs> yeah, it's that's wow. I, I mean that's still great, but it's yeah. that's not as good as it was when it first came out. Well.
0: And they kind of had the same thing, like basically saying it's, you know, not as scary as the first season, but definitely not. Uh plenty of spooky tricks inside the haunted halls and a strong sense of heart.
1: Yeah, it definitely um, hits you in the feels Yeah, with some of the, especially some of the more tragic deaths like Mrs. Gross, Rebecca Jessel, Mm -hmm. and then eventually Danny Clayton at the end. Yeah. Like, okay, I need you to either scare the shit out of me or make me cry my eyes out. I can't handle both in the same series. Please pick (laughs) one or the other.
0: Oh, man. Well, and then uh, Metacritic actually gave it uh, 62 out of 100. Ooh. I think that's a little low. That is low. I I definitely... Uh, for me, I'd still put it, like, in the 90s.
1: I would give it, like, on a scale of 1 to 5, okay. Screams, i give it, like, a 3.75. Better than a 3.5. I can't quite give it a 4. See, I'd, I'm at a 4. I'd give it, like, a 3.75. If it would have been scarier, I would have given it a 4. Okay. Okay.
0: I can see that. See, I'm... I don't know. I minus the one very confusing episode <laughs> for me. Um, I mean, I want to say four, but I, then you're going to say you're being too nice.
1: No, it's because I'm I'm like, <laughs> I, I personally felt like it just, it was better than a three and a half, but it wasn't, it wasn't a four for me. Okay. If it would have been scarier, I would have definitely given it a four. Okay. But I had I'll high say, hopes.
0: I'll say um, like three points. Eight, five. <laughs> Four, it's fine okay fine <laughs> i'm like i really liked it <laughs>
1: no I, I liked it, it just, i mean i can't
0: say that it was better than season one it was not that it was i mean not. i could at least say that that i definitely give a five i loved it
1: <laughs> i loved yeah the season one got boring at a couple of points but overall it was great yeah like the um what was the episode with the older sister and having an affair at a conference and like this is so unnecessary like this does nothing to move the story forward <laughs> absolutely now, nothing now I'm bored
0: <laughs> well, just like the whole thing with uh the the uncle and all that like yeah,
1: yeah, just really really unnecessary <laughs>
0: like well, I guess everybody has a formula
1: <laughs> well and and you know if you want to include some sort of assorted affair in the story i'm all for it that's fine but it just i guess it's just so drawn out yeah like you don't need a whole episode to tell me that the guy was boning his brother's wife and can you we- could have told me that in like 10 minutes <laughs> and
0: also can we leave out
1: cousins god please dear god no more incest in <laughs> in my horror stuff i
0: can't take it anymore no it's
1: too much <laughs>
0: I, I don't know why, but I'm
1: just like, I can't
0: anymore. No. Seriously. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Overall, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. It's worth a watch. Yes. I might go back and rewatch some of it um, just to see what I missed. Mm-hmm. Definitely not as scary. I wish it would have been scarier. Um, but yeah, that's well, my. We'll have to see. Hopefully, there's a season three. Yes. See what the next uh,
0: season will be like. Yes. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, and if you guys watched it, please tell us uh, what you thought. We would love to hear from you. You yeah. We want to chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to us. No, <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> and we also want to, you know, like I said, we if you have any other ideas of movies, shows, or books, or just any other creepy uh facts topics that we should talk about please let us know um on our website we have like a little info box where you can uh, type us a little something and you know, it'll send us an email or you can email us at the squad at gmail.com
1: yeah yeah follow us on instagram our handle is the squad like us on facebook our page is also called the squad you notice a theme here <laughs> uh we have merch yes fanny packs and dog hoodies shirts totes masks we got all kinds of fun stuff yes um so definitely you mainly should be buying a mask oh fuck yeah man
0: Buy a mask. <laughs> numbers would not buy our masks
1: buy a lot please uh-huh so uh yeah i think i, I think that's all of it right did i get yep. everything okay yeah, cool we got it all. creep it real it will scare you later goodbye bye